Hello there, welcome to the Ebon Hawk, a podcast discussing Star Wars news and Knights of the Old Republic. Today, we are preparing for Thanksgiving by recapping the LEGO Star Wars Holiday Special, and this is a spoiler alert for Knights of the Old Republic series and the Star Wars films and TV shows, and this is where the key to the galaxy's past begins. Spoiler, I actually did watch this. Let's dive into our first topic. We're going to get started with some of our listener questions today. The first one, they ask, there has been a popular theory that Revan may be connected to the Skywalker lineage. What are your thoughts? If there is, I would say no. I don't want that. I don't want that to be canon. Like, I don't want any popular Jedi to always have to be related to a Skywalker or someone. I would rather just the Shan clan, you know kind of be their own thing and then skywalkers be their own thing i wouldn't want revan to be related to anyone i would just want him to be his own thing yeah so they're they're addressing this like it's it's something and there is a paragraph on star wars fandom of a revan skywalker and it's it's one paragraph there's no sources i'm pretty sure that this is someone like just wishing it to be and it's not a thing in my opinion we're just gonna yeah kill it with fire burn it i mean it kind of reminds me of the sequel trilogy um just how like they kind of set you up to think ray was going to be related to someone and it it was going to be kenobi and then like disney was kind of like "Ooh, we want to hear your ray theories and then it's just like just kidding she's not related to anyone and then it's like then I was like, okay, I mean, I would have, if she was going to be related to anyone, I think I would have rather had it been a Kenobi or she's just someone, you know? And then just, I was kind of accepting that. Then Disney's like, just kidding, she's a Palpatine. And I'm like, okay, I don't believe it, but okay, you know? Like, I still forget Ray's a Palpatine. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> just more, uh, more thoughts for the next topic. You know, that's, I'm not a big fan of the whole Ray family thing, but yeah. that's uh, that's the nature of the sequel trilogy. Um, our next question is, if they made a new game, would you want the same story or new plot points? I personally would just like the same story with maybe some updated graphics and side quests. Um, So pretty much the same thing, but maybe just kind of with more added to it. That's that's what I would ideally want. But personally, I think it would be better just to have an adaptation and a new game. But maybe I just want too much. <laughs> Especially with the style of KOTOR, it's kind of a... The, the only reason why I can go back and play KOTOR is because I already know what I'm getting myself into. If I were to approach like a, a third KOTOR game... I mean, it, it couldn't be the style of KOTOR. It'd have to be something of a new style like the action RPG of the Jedi Fallen Order. Um, but definitely with 
the RPG nature of KOTOR instead of just kind of the follow along, unlock bit by bit at a time that Fallen Order does. As far as it being a continuation or whatever, uh, I don't know. I mean, I again, I think I think the the door kind of closed with the with the release of Sotor, and now that Sotor is out in the wild, uh, I I don't really see a a way to realistically come back to like a Kotor three. Yeah, I guess for me. I would rather just have a KOTOR 3 and just let SWOTOR be its own thing. I'd rather just pretend like where they involved the exile and Revan didn't happen. But I mean, it's kind of like, is SWOTOR even technically canon? I think it's fanon and they're just kind of letting EA do what they want. But I kind of wonder if the question meant if they were to remake KOTOR. Like, would you want the same game or kind of remade? Uh, remade from the ground up. So if we were to play KOTOR 1 in a 2020 setting, then yeah, just the uh, the the new style that Fallen Order showed off, but yeah, uh, maintaining the RPG elements of KOTOR. Yeah. I mean, there was a fan project. I think it was called Aperion or something. I'm probably pronouncing that wrong, but... It was shut down. Maybe one of these days we'll try to get them on. We'll see what happens in the future. So our next question is, um, how do um, Cassie and I know each other? And I'll go ahead and uh, answer this one. So um, there I was at the cantina at Moss Eisley, and um, I was just looking for work, and um, Cassie was looking for passage to Alderaan. So I charged her 10K. She said she only had two. So we settled on uh, 17 on the round trip. And then I died on the Death Star. But there came to be a podcast along the way. But actually, we're friends from high school. So, yeah. All right. And just to wrap up our um, listener questions, looks like we ran a poll. And just wondering how many people had KOTOR on uh, either phone or tablet. And looks like about 45% of you guys do. And 55% of you guys don't. So... I think that is the best way to play KOTOR. I've played it both desktop and tablet, and I actually really enjoyed my tablet playthrough. Uh, It just seemed to work really well. It seems to chop along faster than it does on a PC. I don't know why. All right. So let's uh, let's take a quick break, and we'll be back to discuss the uh, LEGO Holiday Special. Alright, welcome back everybody. So, um, Cassie, why don't you take us away on the uh, this LEGO Star Wars release? Yeah, um, so the overview of this LEGO Star Wars Holiday Special, you find Rey on Life Day struggling as she attempts to teach Finn the ways of the Force. And she decides to leave to find a mysterious Jedi temple on the planet Kordoku to receive more answers. Time travel gets involved, and it's just kind of a fun uh, Lego romp, you know, through 
each trilogy, prequel, original, and sequel. I enjoyed it, and I, I kind of found its lessons to be touching, but uh, what were some of your favorite parts? So with this, this kind of stems out with a lot of the, the Lego Star Wars productions on Disney+, Plus. but my the things that I really like about all these are all the the really little random details of the Lego Star Wars. Um, so a lot of the plot points that they present, especially in the holiday specials, like, oh, here we go. Ray can try time travel now. There isn't anything Ray can't do. But at this point, I'm kind of like, whatever. And so I just kind of, like, I think that it got good once Darth Vader got involved. That's when, that's when it got really funny. I mean... I don't think, like, anything in this is supposed to be canon or literal, but I think there's been time travel in the other Lego Star Wars little clips and films before, so I guess it didn't really take me out of it, but I guess it was just kind of funny to, like, kind of have the holiday conceit. You have Yoda's storybook narration that kind of feels like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and Elf, you know, and many other um, holiday films. I just found that the Kordoku planet, the temple there, like the key to the galaxy's past, it was kind of a world between worlds-esque and kind of like Charles Dickens. What were some of your favorite flashbacks? I liked probably one of the longer ones, the Dagobah, with Ray kind of watching Luke and... Yoda, I think that one had probably the most content in it. And then I did enjoy, kind of thought it was amusing to watch it kind of like bounce between the different ones, like Anakin and Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan, when they mix them together and you got all three Obi-Wans together. I did like how the Dagobah sequence, Yoda touches on that one at the end, and Yoda kind of mentions that he kind of failed to teach Luke. And he struggled too. Then it was it was kind of funny to see like Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon in the Phantom Menace. And like Obi-Wan is like, who cares about a trade dispute? And I just thought that was funny. And then I think like Obi-Wan and Anakin, like I think it was supposed to be like Clone War era. But it kind of seemed like the lead up to Attack of the Clones. Because Obi-Wan's like, don't be nervous. And... Anakin's like, I'm not nervous to see Padme, you know? Why Why would I be nervous? And Well, that that elevator scene is in Attack of the Clones. Yeah, I'm just saying that they were, they kind of had their Clone War armor on. They looked how they look in the Clone Wars, like hair and clothes-wise. So I was like, uh, is this supposed to be Attack of the Clones? Or are they kind of trying to hit two birds with one stone and kind of combine them? So. Well, all the all like the new Lego figures are are like owned by Disney. Yeah. Because like you have you have like the old school Star Wars Legos, and then you've got like the the Disney Lego Star Wars Legos. Yeah. So they probably just use the updates. assets that they owned. Yeah. But it was also kind of cool on Hoth to have like two Darth Vaders, and then there was even Anakin versus Obi Wan and Baby Yoda. And Mando was just a blip. And then there was also pod racing. So do you have a quote (laughs) about pod racing you want to share with the class? Oh, man. So, so many good quotes. But 
I'll stick with the best one. Now this is pod racing. Everyone from the three trilogies lands in front of the binary sunset and we were blessed with three Obi-Wans telling each other hello there. And I'll probably have to post that as a meme or something. But in the kerfluffle, the, I'm calling it the remote. I, it's probably not a remote, but I'm calling it the remote. The remote is lost and Ray and young Luke are stuck on Kordoku. Kylo Ren gets involved with the Emperor Invader. And it's kind of funny because Ray just keeps on calling him Ben and stuff. And I'm kind of like, is he going to come back to life? I don't know. Can they do that with time travel? I don't know. But yeah. Um, well, according to the Avengers, it's sometimes. Sometimes. So I guess they, they yeah. brought back uh, Gamora, but they couldn't bring back Black Widow. I don't know. I guess it depends which actors are easier to get back for scheduling and, like, costs, you know? I found this instance where the Force Ghost of Yoda, when he appears to Rey, kind of touching, he says, All teachers fail. From failure we can learn. Learn to be a better student or teacher. Yoda failed teaching Luke, but he kind of shows Rey the Falcon in a Dickens-esque vision that Finn thinks Ray's a good teacher and he, he is learning from her. Ray was so focused on the books and helping Finn that she didn't realize she hurt his feelings. So Yoda says, so focused on the books you were, the most important thing you forgot. Knowledge and training and Jedi needs, yes, but useless these are without connection. And like, I guess when I first watched it, like, tears kind of came to my eyes because because like it's just been a long year you know with corona and I'm just like it's about connection and being together you know and I guess I just love Star Wars a lot but you see that Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan, Luke and Rey, Luke and Yoda, Obi-Wan and Anakin they thrive with connection. They're able to learn from each other and teach each other the best when they, they're friends. Then Yoda kind of tells Rey that you kind of know what you need to do. And Rey realizes that the remote was made out of the crystals of the cave. And I kind of like the crystals from the cave because they were like blue, green, purple, yellow, and white. Like all the Jedi or light-sided colors. And then everything's set right, the timeline is intact, and Rey gets back to celebrate Life Day with her friends on the Falcon, and then there's snow on Kashyyyk, which I don't think could ever happen. I think so. On you a just gotta, you rainforest gotta park the planet. Falcon at the right spot. Okay, then I guess they're at the pole of Kashyyyk. So, I don't know, it seems like the whole planet is one single biome and it's like a forest or rainforest so i don't know maybe there's like snow wookies and i don't know about them um yeah i don't know yeah but it ends with yoda in holiday garb and a bowler hat so i was like that's something i didn't know i needed but it was there so i guess watching this I realized that I was interested in seeing Finn's training. I 
would like to see him train and get a lightsaber. And I just want to know if Ben Solo can be saved. But I guess, what did you think? And what were you interested in seeing in the future? Yeah, I mean, like, if you were to see more sequel content, it would be nice to get Finn his own lightsaber. I think it would be cool for uh, Finn to have a green lightsaber. What color do you think he would have? Uh, Blue. Blue? Mm-hmm. I guess I'm just sick of blue. Um, yeah. Too I, I much think blue. That just thinking, thinking KOTOR logic, uh, I think blue would make the most sense for Finn, and uh, and that's why I picked blue. Yeah. I guess I guess that I guess that could work. So got to get that Kotor reference in. Ching. Yep. I just think that like to to seal up what what we should have saw with the sequel trilogy. I think that was the main thing that was missing was becoming a Jedi. Like we were all kind of baited into thinking what happened. And yeah. and there's also there's also a lot of like lead up to him being force sensitive. Like he shares that little connection with Ray, and he can kind of tell when the force is around and things so yeah I, I think it just makes sense that that's developed if they do any sequel work that's what i'd be interested to see is finn's training in the future if they tell the story of the universe post uh rise of skywalker but are we ready to tell our viewers happy thanksgiving i forgot the one sequence that did get me to laugh pretty hard is uh when all the different characters get dumped onto the, the, the dunes of Tatooine. And Han looks at other Han and is like, you think what I'm thinking? It's like, I'm shooting first. And then, so it's like between the two of them are like the whole reason why the battle breaks out. I thought that was funny. Yeah. But Multiple yeah, um, we're recording this at the, uh, the start of Thanksgiving week. So happy Thanksgiving, everyone, for those who celebrate. Yeah. And I guess there's always stuff to be grateful for. And... We're leading up to Life Day soon, and we'll have some fun KOTOR content for you the rest of the year, and kind of looking forward to next year, we're looking to get a Patreon and kind of have some merch set up, so we'll get your guys' feedback on how to set that up the best as possible, and it'll it'll be fun. But anyways, you can find us on instagram at evan hawk podcast and if you hit the link in the bio that's the best way to stay caught up and subscribe and listen to our episodes and the evan hawk can be found on spotify apple podcasts google podcast and everywhere else that anchor podcasts are distributed subscriptions reviews and shares help us out immensely and our email is evan at gmail.com you can email us your questions and business inquiries there and then you can find me on twitch instagram and twitter all just by searching for code and bun um and then on twitch uh so this won't be happening this week for sure as thanksgiving but um typically uh, thursday evenings is when you can talk to me uh live our intro and outro themes were composed by alistair shoreman he could be found at alistairsounds.wixsite.com forward slash alistair sounds and our transition music was composed by Christian Walker, and he can be found at christianwalkermusic.com. This has been the Evan Hawk Podcast. May the force be with you. We'll be back soon. Bye for now. Mm-hmm.